It's time for truth. A ministry of Truth Family Bible Church in Middleton, Idaho. It's time for truth exists to glorify God through the edification of his saints in our local church and for the benefit of the church around the world. I'm your host, Pastor Danny Steinmeier, and I'm joined in studio with my friend and fellow elder at TFBC, Jim Berg. Well, good day to all of you out in podcast land. Thank you for joining us once again. This is a, an exciting day for us. This is the last episode of our first season of the podcast. Uh, we started this endeavor. Um, can you believe it, Jim? It was back in February, and we've had a great time talking about our church distinctives, a, a weekly podcast since um, since early February. And, uh, and, and this has been a, a great time for us to uh, talk about these issues and, and explain and expand on our distinctives as a church. And we think this is valuable for several reasons. It, it is good for our people, and especially any new people, uh, to have the resources related to these distinctives so that they can learn what our church is about and how how we and why we do what we do and what we care about. And so we hope that these episodes will be valuable for our church, really for years to come, um, because these are, of course, recorded, and we have them for posterity. Uh addition to our church distinctives, we have added several interview episodes, and we certainly, um, we think those are our favorites, right, Jim? I, yeah. I mean, we do have one in the hopper that we can't wait for you to listen to from uh, from our, our, our beloved friend and um, uh, Mike Scott, and we're, we're looking forward to getting that that dropped here relatively soon as well. But we're going to continue with, by the way, as we go into season two, we want to do more of the interviews uh, as we can, and uh we, we think those are valuable, and we hope you take advantage of those. But then we're also uh, considering what we're going to be doing next, and we'll uh, stay tuned because we'll we'll get that uh, detail out to you uh, sometime soon. Before we get into today's episode, uh, Jim, how are you today? Yeah, this is, this is a great time, and finishing up uh, the distinctives, I think it's really important as a, as a young church, but we're a young old church. We've got young in terms of how many years we've been independent, um, but Danny, you've been working at this for, what, four or five years now, starting in the Bible study, so... Yeah. You know, it's kind of an older church in terms of the way that we planted it um, or the way that it was planted by God. And then it really formulates who we are and it reaffirms who we are. Um, and you're right, as as new members come in, we're constantly pointing them to uh, the podcasts, to the YouTube, to the Q&As that we've done. And I think it's very, very valuable for, for all of us. And uh, I've really enjoyed it. And you and I love the podcast before the podcast where we're having discussions and preparing and it's just a really good time. And as we finish up talking about our position on abolition of abortion, um, very important topic and, and excited to talk about it today. This is an important one. It really is. And I'll, we'll start off by reading what our distinctive says on our website. It says, we believe that abortion is murder. Justice demands that we not compromise with murder, but instead we call for equal protection under the law for all persons made in God's image, regardless of age, development, location, or handicap. Murder of the unborn must be criminalized and all parties involved held responsible as violators of God's moral law. And we lament the co-opting of the pro-life movement by unprincipled, unbelieving political activists who have honored human authority, especially the U.S. Supreme Court, above the authority of God and his word as they oppose abolishing abortion, oppose criminalizing participation in baby murder, and have kept abortion legal in this country for the sake of political and financial advantage. 
We seek to glorify God by promoting his standard of justice out of love for our preborn neighbors, and we want to lovingly call brothers and sisters in Christ to join in the cause of justice. We also call the evangelical church and the pro-life movement to repent of their unjust and man-centered agendas and to join us in actions that correspond with God's standards of justice. Abortion must be abolished, end quote. Well, and, and really as it begins there, Jim, the the place to start is the recognition that it really is, it's not super controversial, certainly among anyone who would be considered pro-life, but it is the recognition that abortion is murder. Right? Abortion is the is the taking of innocent life unlawfully, and and that's um, that that is a, a terrible uh, sin, but it's also a crime. Not all sins are crimes, but there are some sins that are crimes. Right. And murder, of course, is is a crime. There are civil uh, issues and uh, penalties and so forth for murder, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But the recognition that um, that a, a child conceived in the womb. Uh, is a human being made in the image of God. Uh, it is separate and distinct from the mother, though um, though gestating, of course, uh, in her womb. Uh, it is uh, it is a human being, and when that human being is in, is intentionally killed, it, it is considered murder. And uh, you have to start there. And when you understand that we're talking about murder, then that really begins to really frame up the rest of it. As you as you just define things properly and understand them really as they are, simply, uh, then the really the rest of it, we believe, really falls into place. And most of the time, we don't, we don't have a lot of trouble convincing people uh, as to this position of, of abortion abolition. Um, it, it, mostly, it's, it's we don't even realize what's been going on and what's happened to the pro-life movement. That's the issue, is the pro-life side is, has gone so worldly and, and away from God, away from God's design that, uh, that this word abolition it becomes the standard because it represents God's view. So, you know, that, that is why we have moved to this because pro-life is not pro-life. You know, they're pro-selective life That's right. and there is no selection. So murder is murder. That's right. And, and that's really where it goes back to. It goes back to the standard, which is God's law. What God has designed for human beings, what God has designed in this world and what he has established as he spoke we're in the Ten Commandments, of course, now still in um, the study of Exodus. And in Exodus chapter 20, God thundered his law from on top of the mountain, and he said, you shall not commit murder. Uh, that is an, an important element of, of God's own standard and God's own character. And, and so when God's law is you shall not murder, then that uh, creates additional uh, impetus on us to approach murder properly. And and that goes into really the, the next part of we are not to be regulating murder. And this goes into the, the, the battle between the abolition versus the pro-life approach. What has happened is, is that the, the pro-life movement has taken the approach of regulating murder, which is uh, has been a, a compromise with the federal government in terms of the Supreme Court. And so we've said this in the statement, and we'll, we'll get to the Supreme Court decision in a little bit. But what the, for for many years now, the pro-life movement has done is, is it has played the victim of the Supreme Court rather than telling the Supreme Court what they can do with their decision. And that is take that and go pound sand. We will not be 
um, abiding by that decision because we don't regulate murder. And and when you start talking about it in terms of other other different um, crimes and things that are unconscionable, um, how about we do? Should we regulate human trafficking or sex trafficking? Um, well, you know, it goes something like this: you can you can traffic, but as long uh, as long as they are only of a certain age. So, you know, if, if they are if they are over the age of six years old, then you can traffic, but just not under that. Right. Or vice versa. Whatever. whatever. And you go, no, 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 that, that's a person. That, that that's a that, that's a human being who has dignity and value made in the image of God. You, you don't regulate human trafficking. You seek to end it wherever you know that it's there. Um, you criminalize it. You you take those people who are involved in trafficking and you punish them accordingly. Uh, th- that's that's ordinary fare. Another way, another argument, um, and why even the word abolition is a valuable word in this conversation is it harkens back to the idea of the ab- abolishing of slavery. And so um, many people would recognize um, how it, it would be inappropriate. We're talking about chattel slavery which is man-stealing and an enslavement um, uh, in an ungodly way. And uh, it's, it's really important because the Bible addresses that. That's a subject for another day. But, the, um, but this ungodly form of slavery, we, we should recognize that you don't regulate it. Yeah, pro-life would say, it's okay as long as it's between the age of 6 and 18. Right. Or, you know, any boundary they put on it, it sounds insane. Right, because it is because it is insane because because <laughs> it's it's foolishness and to more to the point, it's actually unjust. Right, it, it goes against God's law and His right. standard. And so when when it's you shall not murder, it's it's not well, as long as it's in this way, then you can murder. But see, as soon as you compromise God's standard, you are now you're not compromising God because He is unchangeable. So you're just compromising to the world, and then. You know, we talk about big tech and big Eva. I mean, pro-life is just big abortion. It's just big money. Oh, boy. And now you're just positioning to get money and continue the gravy train that you've created on more money, more standards, more laws. But there's no standard that you're basing it off of, so you're never done. Yeah. And so well, it's just a machine. And that's the dark underbelly. We'll have to talk about that a little bit more. But the what, what, you're, what you're pointing to there, Jim, is the reality... Um, that these pro-life compromises and regulatory approaches, as opposed to no, no compromise, it is to be abolished and and stop. Right. That, that that's that's where that's our effort. And the problem has been is that um, you know we've set we've the pro-life movement has permitted murder by saying, well, as long as you can't detect a heartbeat, even if it's there. Right, even if even if it's a life, but but if it's before you can actually find a heartbeat, now you're operator dependent. Now you're depending on evil people instead of God's design. Well, and you've just <laughs> you've you've sold the farm, right? You, you you've denied the the very premise that uh, that life begins at fertilization, right? Uh, that that it's that it's a life, that right. it's a human being, that it's DNA, it's all right. of these it's all of these things. So it's a person made in the image of God, and you said, well. Let's compromise. Let's try to save these ones, but let's let's make sure that uh, we allow it in these circumstances and try to compromise. And we've got to be careful. I mean, we celebrate incremental wins. We just don't support them. There's a huge difference. We celebrate it because 
less death is better and more life is is god's design but if the bill is an evil bill we can't support the evil and so that, that's the difference because is, god has a standard we, of justice exactly we have a standard we have to hold to that standard when we support bills and when we support even candidates and again i think we've got to be careful because you can celebrate these incrementalists. You, you have to. We're glad Roe v. Wade was overturned. Yeah. We should have had a party at church. We talked about that. We should have arguably had dancing <laughs> and, right. you know, really, truly celebrating uh, that victory, even though it's not enough. Well, and that, that gets us to the challenge that we have um, today. And this, we recognize that your, your blood may start to boil a little bit <laughs> in this conversation because um, there are a lot of Republican-led states and Republicans are supposedly the party of pro-life, uh, the party that's against abortion. Take Idaho, for instance. We have a Republican, Republican House, a Republican Senate, a Republican governor, and you can't outlaw abortion. Can't do it. Um, it, it it's not abolished. By the, you have to understand, listener, it is not abolished in, in Idaho. Is there's been some improvements that we can be thankful for? Yes. But we've also... Um, uh, we also cannot recognize it, acknowledge it, and it's all—it's all—it's primed to just come back because we have not established the standard in Idaho as as a state, uh, one in relationship to the federal government, but also in relationship to what we believe about life and murder. And so it, it's really, um, uh, there, and there's many states. Again, there is—I don't believe there's any state in the union that has outlawed abortion, that has abolished abortion. It hasn't happened. Uh, why is that? It's because the pro-life movement, sad to say, and it's, I know it's hard for people to believe because there's many good and, and well-intended people among them that don't even realize what's going on and they're really not informed biblically or, or at least, or, or maybe even rebellious. But the reality is, is that the pro-life movement continues to keep abortion legal. And you have to realize that that's the case. They are, and, and, and this is a sad truth. The pro-life lobby lobbies against every every time a bill of abolition is proposed to say we should put forward a bill that outlaws abortion the pro-life movement stands arm in arm with planned parenthood and says no we do not that is not pro-life we do not want we do not approve of that the pro-life movement works actively against abolishing abortion in this country and that goes back to what you mentioned to jim um uh, I'm trying to think of the old the old statement, right? Um, instead of I'll, I'll I'll mess it up, but I'll try to give the gist. I, instead of being part of the solution, there is great benefit and profit in prolonging the problem. Right. Um, there, there. If, if abortion is abolished, there are people that make their living as pro life activists and lobbyists. Um, if and here's another dark one for you, if if pro if uh, abortion is abolished in our country, the Republicans have very little else going for them, because this is a major issue and has been for 50 years, um, for for what they're supposedly fighting for, and you have to realize that they're um they're they're hiding the ball, they are not actually uh, genuinely honest about the issue of abortion. It's a political football. It is it is a game that is being played and we are the ones who are getting played. 
yeah. in, in it. Um, and we need, we need to see this everywhere. We need to see it beyond just the Idaho Republicans. We need to see it in the businesses that are out there that are doing this as well. I think about St. Luke's and the statements that they're making. It, it's horrific, you know, that you know, <laughs> Idaho is one of the least friendly women's health states. No, what they're saying is we support murder. And so we just have to have eyes wide open when we see these businesses and I'm not saying don't go to the hospital, but I'm saying you've got to be wise in your choices. And if there's a better alternative than doing that, we should. Well, and you know there's trickle-down effects because, for instance, you mentioned St. Luke's. You saw that they were on the list of those who were supporting the, gay um, pride. the, the Boise Pride event. Exactly. Um, and it's not it's not, it's it not means, gay pride. It's LGBTQ. It's transgender. They've packaged it all into one big pride event. Which means that St. Luke's loves death. Which means that St. Luke's it loves is, death. It is a death cult. Exactly. And if you are... If you are into this, you are. Um, you have to be suspect of the other decisions and choices that they make in supposedly caring for people's health. If when they say caring for people's health is murdering babies and chopping up um, healthy bodies um, and mutilating them, you've, you've, you have to be suspicious of, right. of people like that. And you're right, Danny. The Roe v. Wade decision was great. We celebrated it. Now there's this, it's like COVID. It's the sense of now things are normalizing and we can just go back to life the way it was. And there is no back to life the way it was. I mean, we, we either stand for truth or we get caught up in the world. So this goes back to, there's a couple of, of factors to this. It goes back to the reality that all of these compromised pro-life bills actually codified into law, uh, legalizing, uh, legalizing abortion under certain circumstances. Again, whether it's your heartbeat bills, whether it's your certain weak bills um, or cleanliness bills or all these other just compromised bills that, hey, you can do abortion, you can murder as long as you meet these conditions. That's a terrible approach to, to justice. And now these things are on the books. So even when, when Roe v. Wade is overturned at the Supreme Court level, um, this, see, because many states already have, um, of course, probably all states, They've got laws on the books regulating, or not regulating, but um, addressing the issue of murder. And if you didn't have all these other pro-life bills uh, that codified and separated out the idea of abortion from the regular understanding of what murder is, then abortion would be automatically outlawed in these in these states and criminalized. Yeah. Um, but instead, uh, states like Idaho and others, uh, abortion is legal as long as you meet certain criteria. Now, another element of this uh, and the the, oh, the the downstream effects of the Supreme Court decision is that the blue states and our neighboring blue states just got a whole lot worse. Um, and and there's a lot more going on there. And um, and it's 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 a difficult um, situation. Just even uh, 30 miles from us, right it, it, across the border in Oregon. And, uh, and these are these are realities where a lot of the abortions um, are going to be increased, and the, the visibility and the and even you know this gets into dangerous territory even as well beyond uh, of murder of the unborn. It gets into permissibility even after they're born um, in in these evil and and death loving. We saw it in California. They went after the six weeks after birth. So absolutely amazing that. Um, they continue to move the bar. They continue. It, it, it's just that they want to control life and death. They want to be God. Uh, so. That's no. That's that's really an important element there. Um, let's talk briefly uh, about the. Um, 
Well, actually, before we go there, I want us to talk about the issue of the Republicans and the Republican states. Um, we have got to hold our political um, elected officials and our parties and our, and our leaders. We have to hold them accountable. And and we, Jim just mentioned the idea of uh, candidates, but we, we've got to try to win the hearts and minds also of our political leaders to recognize what their responsibility is um, that God holds them to. And it's important for us to, to identify that Republicans uh, need to do what they're supposed to do and what they said that they're supposedly about. And Danny, sometimes it's bringing them the truth. So we had our senator from Meridian voted for fundamentally allowing parents the rights to change their children. He, he voted ungodly. And I met with him. Um, he claimed to be a believer, claimed to talk about his pastor and where he was from. And his position was, I'm doing this because parents need that freedom of choice. And so he was thinking about it from a freedom perspective, which is an okay thought. But when I showed him God's standard and how you can't have the freedom that he's thinking about in this lifetime, in this eternity, that we will have that once eternity passes. But the reality is, is maximum freedom inside the constraints that we have with sin are under God's precepts. And when I showed him that, he actually, he paused, he did a big O moment. And so it wasn't holding him accountable. It was actually holding him accountable and educating him on God's law. It's, it's very true. That, that's, that's what I was saying too, right? This idea of they need to be informed. They, right. they need to be told what the truth is and and shown that. And, and really, uh, a lot of people, this hasn't been a big argument in our church. Because right. once people actually just have the light turned on and and you see the, the, the existence and the presence of the cockroaches, right. you go, oh, there they are. I see that. That's a, that's a problem. Um, and my point is don't be afraid to meet with your senator. Don't be afraid to meet with them because sometimes they're just coming at it from an uneducated, mm -hmm. and he, he desired to do the right thing. He influenced. was thinking godly freedoms. He was just out of context with understanding God's law. That's right. Well, our, our position then as a church is that we believe and support the equal protection under the law, uh, as our statement uh, indicated, uh, for all uh, creatures made in God's image. And regardless, again, of age and location, whether you know, you're, uh, this goes to even the issues of assisted suicide and, those, and euthanasia, this goes to the issue of um, eugenics and and um, people with disabilities. This goes to uh, people made in God's image in the womb. Uh, equal protection under the law, murder, is sin, it is evil, and it is a, a, a crime. And it, it's important for us to recognize that um, what the pro-life movement is selling um, is propaganda, and it's, uh, but it's also a lie. And that is they continue to advertise and communicate and to, uh, trying to to be appealing to women by saying that the woman is the second victim, that a woman who who murders her baby is is a victim of abortion, and this is a this is a manipulation. This is a a, a play that is taking really from the leftist playbook and this victimology and seeking to to. Um, diffuse and to disarm uh, those who would identify it as murder. And when you murder, there are consequences for murderers. And we uh, we want to somehow treat women as a special class of human being. Well, we've, we saw this in the Me Too movement, right? This idea of believe all women, that you know certainly women would never lie uh, about the things that happened to them. Women would not be 
you know, intentionally murdering their children. They're victims of people who have told them lies or so forth. And really, the the vast majority, that's not the truth. Um, there certainly are, are those who are deceived or who, are, you know, their their pimp is making them do it, and they are maybe perhaps doing things against their against their will. But that's a very, very small um, percentage of the women that are killing their children. And you, people who, who commit these types of crimes need to be held to account, just like you would uh, anybody else. Equal protection. It's amazing. Like, I'm studying stewardship. God cares about how we treat his animals. So Proverbs 12, 10 says, right. a righteous man has regard for the life of his animal. Don't kick your dog. I mean, you know, don't just go around killing cattle for no reason. That's actually, you're, you're destroying and not being a good steward. How much more an image how bearer, much how much more an image bearer of God? Like, <sighs> we, look, we recognize that it, it is a t- terrible, heinous crime to murder a child, a five-year-old, six-year-old. I mean, it's, it, it is one of the worst things that people recognize. And somehow, uh, th- through this sleight of mental hand, people have been convinced that if you do it before they come out of the womb, that it's, that, that it's less than that. Yeah, so school shootings are okay as long as it's before they're born. Right. Right. Right? Really? You well, know, that's your position? But the, so. but the inconsistency is wild, too, because we yeah. all know that a person who murders a pregnant woman gets charged with double murder. Yep. That, that's actually, they, they still do that at the same time that they'll promote uh, the, the, the single murder right. of the one that's in the womb. It's, it's bonkers, and it's, and it's ridiculous. And it shows, really, the, the confusion and the depravity of men who are seeking to justify their sin. And so uh, we, we need to dispel ourselves of this myth of the woman as the second victim. Again, each case needs to be handled on its own merits and its own situations. Uh, but the re- reality is, is that uh, women who take their children in to be slaughtered and the doctor who does the slaughtering, it is to be a criminal act. It is to be treated and applied uh, with the, the full weight of justice to that situation and the individuals involved. Um, and so that is, uh, there's just no getting around that. And see, the, the politicians don't want to, they, they don't want to say that. They, they think that they're going to lose votes that way. And, the pro- and that's the problem with our politicians is the rea- is they, wa- they care more about how they're viewed than about the truth. Yeah. And let's be clear, just like we learned last night, the, the patriarchy has failed here. This is the yeah. failure of men to lead women correctly. That's period. Right. That's right. And this is uh, the, been the advancement of feminism and the abdication of the patriarchy yep. uh, of men doing well and not compromising. And what happens is men have compromised um, and it's, it's led to a lot of, a lot of these problems. Uh, another element of, of what we want to do is we want to appeal to women to not burn their babies. So that may mean, uh, being outside in an abortion clinic. Uh, there are other, uh, and other ways that we might have and just telling the truth and teaching our people, uh, as well as communicating to our friends, families, and neighbors, uh, to appeal to, to not murder their babies. And that's what abortion is. We also support a pregnancy center that counsels and serves mothers and fathers toward having the baby and pointing them to Christ. So it's important that uh, it isn't just simply a social thing. Um, it, social things matter and are, are important, but it's also about t- bringing the weight of, of the truth of, of the gospel and the forgiveness that is found in Christ because abortion is forgivable by the blood of Christ. And Danny, on the pregnancy center, just to be clear, we were very careful that we weren't working with ones that were taking a compromised position on other things. Right. So sexual abstinence specifically. So 
Correct. As in, as in teaching it and, right. and communicating it, right. um, as opposed to, um, uh, having a less than fully understood moral standard that God is. Yeah. Not all pregnancy centers are the same is my point. Yes, that's true. And we, yep. so we do want to be discerning of that. Yep. Um, we want to steer people away from pro-life toward abolition. We, we do say that, uh, you know, we, we ought not to be giving money to pro-life establishments and, um, lobby groups. Um, they again are part they're of the using problem. it to support murder they're using it to delay abolitionist laws which are pro-life that's right they're, it's just a complete contradiction and it's not good stewardship so, and, and sometimes we still will use the phraseology of pro-life because sure. of course we are for life the uh, words we just have to yes we not just the organization have to be clear as to what we are talking about and what we mean that when we're talking about pro-life as a group as a lobby as organizations, um, we're we're saying that they are contributing significantly to the problem and are actually working against the ending of abortion. They do not want abortion ended; they want it regulated. Pro life is big abortion. That's hundred percent. Right. And then we also uh, another key element, one thing that we uh, are passionate about, we love uh, seeing, and we want to promote is pr- uh, foster care and adoption. Uh, this is one of the answers for the problem of of abortion is to is to help. Um, those babies that are born um, to find families that will raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord that will that will bring them up. This is we also see that this is a valuable thing. I learned this from Vody Bauckham, and this is why we want to budget this as part of our missions budget. Uh, this is short. By the way, this is short-term financial investment for long-term discipleship gain. When you bring a child into your home, it costs money, and the church uh, and our church will help. Any families in our church uh, foster and adopt, and we will do so with financial commitment. This is missions. This is missions. And yet we know that that's a temporary. See, sometimes it's when you send someone to the foreign mission field, which is important and good, don't get me wrong, but that is a long-term investment um, in, uh, in, in, in that particular project um, that, that, that just goes on for years and years. And again, all positive in that direction for those types of things. I'm just highlighting the point that this is a short-term financial investment because once they're uh, adopted, uh, then they're in the family. But it's a long-term, lifelong discipleship process in that household, uh, in that Christian home. And so we want to promote that. We know, look, we we know that um, gays and others are getting their children through adoption, one in part because they can't get them any other uh, other ways. Or so there easily. is no way. There is no they way. They cannot naturally. reproduce. Yeah, <laughs> they can't do so naturally. And, um, and, and but they also see it as as a way to pass on their values. Um, they see it as a way to. Disciple. It's the only way. That's right. It's the only way is by stealing. So, and look, foster care and, and adoption. If <laughs> if that foster child or adopted child is from overseas, it's overseas missions. <laughs> There's that too. There's that too. Uh, but we see that this really as a wonderful, valuable thing, um, and we want to promote that and and let everybody know that um, if if you're part of our church, uh, we are interested in being a part of that, and we'd love uh, also to uh, make ourselves available to those who are um, even considering abortion. We we want uh, to ha- have you have that child and not murder it. And if necessary, we will take that child and we will care for it, uh, care for him or her. Uh, we will uh, supply for their needs and raise them well to uh, honor and love the Lord. It's amazing because we've got one going now in our church unnamed. But every day that child is with those godly parents is a day that that child is discipled. And 
what a beautiful picture. It just brings tears to my eyes every Sunday that I'm around that child and the beauty of God's design and pray that he would work through that and he will. These are important things. Um, th- this is something that, again, this is why we have as, as a church distinctive, because we care about this. Um, and we uh, love this subject because we love life and we love children. And, uh, and, and we want to educate people. We want to let people know we want to be involved in the, the process of, of honoring the Lord in this area, that uh, we care about genuine, true justice. And uh, we, we want to see God do great things in our time, but it requires the truth. It requires repentance and it requires obedience. And so uh, we, we hope that you uh, care about this as well. We hope that you uh, take up this interest and cause. Uh, feel free to do your own research as well. But uh, again, this, the standard is God's standard, and it's our desire to conform to his. Well, that's all the time that we have for Truth Today, and that's all the time that we have for our church distinctives. We want to thank you for joining us, and until next time, we hope that you will grow in your love and commitment to Christ and his church as we are sanctified in the truth. God's word is truth.